This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. I'm your host, Ryan Jury. We are about to explore practical solutions and hear about how out-of-reach results are obtained. Welcome to this installment of the Coleman Associate Podcast. During this installment, we're going to talk about no-shows and some solutions to address this common problem. Does your day in the clinic ever feel like a blind date, followed by another blind date, followed by another blind date? How much work and preparation did you put into your date? Did you get dressed up fancy? Did you prepare a one-liner to impress the other person? Or, when this happens in the clinic, did we prepare, get ready, and have that one-liner pitch ready to ask the patient to do something towards their health? What happens when all that preparation feels like it's for nothing, when the patient never shows up? Are you worried your day came, saw you, and left? <laughs> no! Hopefully that's not the case for any of us, that the patient came, saw us, walked away. But why do they no-show? Hang out with Melissa Stratman and I as we discuss what no-shows are and what's something from their no-show playbook that you can do today to start trying to figure out why there are no-shows in your clinic. Hello, Mel. Who are you? And let us know a little bit about you. You got it. I'm Melissa Stratman, and I'm the CEO and owner of Coleman Associates. And I've worked in community health for, God, 25 years, 28 years, something like that. Um, when I started out, I used to do confirmation calls, and i that's where I learned about no-shows, working at the front desk. So is no-show a problem, or is it a symptom? It can be both. Okay. No-shows can be both a problem. I mean, clearly they're a problem, and that's the way everybody sees them. Right. It's a problem for productivity. It's a problem for the bottom line. But in my mind, when somebody has a high no-show rate, to me, that's a symptom of something else. What is a realistic no-show rate? So this number has – it's a great question. It's a great question. The average no-show rate – I get asked this um, not infrequently. Um, especially as people try to set up, especially when you're working with like PCAs or boards that are trying to set up what are standards or norms. Um, and the standards and norms have changed for health centers. I mean, clearly because a lot of health centers maybe were born out of like free clinics where people just came in and even the idea of having appointments is something that's evolved. But what I've found pretty consistently is that if your no-show rate is less than 10%, you're probably doing a lot of things right. Okay. Where where does your alarm go off? Where do you kind of say, mm, we're almost there? And- when you see, you know, sometimes people will call us and they'll literally have a no-show rate of like 30 or 40%. And, I, you know, to me at that point, the knot has gotten so big that like you can't even tell like where the tangle really is. You just have to start picking your way through it because okay. if they've got 40% no-show rate, they're probably overbooking like mad. So then the schedule is probably jammed up with people who are going to have to wait or who don't necessarily come in or that we're not connected to. And then that further increases the no-show rate because people aren't showing up. And it also irritates staff. At what rate do you say that's a pretty good rate? So again, there's not a specific answer. There's not, I would say if you're 15% and over, you can do a lot to change it. If you're at like 40%, good heavens, just start with a go deep play or just start somewhere, but just start. Yeah. Do you mind just explaining to me a little bit about what is this thing called the no-show playbook and, and how could it be useful to me as a health center? 
Sure. The uh, no-show playbook on the Coleman website is a tool that's um, available for people to download, and it's it's a series of plays or possible options you can try, things you can run to see if it can help you to reduce your no-shows. Can you maybe just explain just a little bit about how that's an important strategy to have when trying to reduce no-shows? The idea of calling a play and saying, we're going to do the go deep play, or we're going to do the marquee play, or we're going to do one of these allows everybody to rally around it and agree that they're going to do it or you know, discuss what they're not going to do, be clear about it, rather than just saying, we all have to reduce no-shows, everybody needs to work on this. Um, that's just way too nebulous and nothing happens. Okay. So you have a long list of all the plays and uh, as this, as a, a member of the Coleman Associates, what would you consider to be one of your favorite uh, plays? The Go Deep play is my favorite play for... Um, for a variety of reasons. One is because I remember when that play came to be. Basically, we were um, out in the Bay Area and we were working in a specialty practice. So a practice that had orthopedics, cardiology, ophthalmology, a whole bunch of different specialty services. And there was a um, nursing support staff. I want to say she was an LPN instead of an MA. I can't remember, um, but I think so. Anyway, and we had worked and we'd done preparation work. We'd called patients the day before this go day that we were doing. So the day before we'd called people and said, Hey, you know, we want to talk to you about coming in. Just want to make sure you're coming in for your appointment. And that does that time still work for you? I could go on and on about that, but essentially we did everything we needed to do to prepare the patients for coming in. And then we were there like all dressed up, ready to go the next morning and a couple patients into the clinic session, this patient that we had confirmed with the day before wasn't there. And, you know, I know people think patients show up late, but oftentimes patients show up early. It just seems to take a long time from the moment they walk in the door till they get in the back. So it feels like they're late. But this guy, it was about maybe one or two minutes, I want to say before the hour um, or maybe right around the top of the hour. And that's when his appointment was. And he wasn't there and we'd confirmed him. And he'd been waiting for a few months for this appointment. So I said to the LVN, I said, hey, just pick up the phone and let's call this guy and see if he's still coming in. And she's like, Oh no, you know, like that's not what we do here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I get it. So could we try something different? So yeah. could you just like pick up the phone and call him? And she's like, no, it doesn't make sense. He's not even late yet. And I said, I know, but like he said he was going to come in. Just like pick up the phone. Just like grab the phone, just pick it up and dial. And remind me again, when did you, you did a confirmation call earlier? We did it the day before. Okay. We did it the day before. And I want to say maybe it was like the morning. So maybe like 24 hours or 22 hours before this. And so we expected the guy to show up. But, you know, just because you can, someone says they're going to show up doesn't always mean they're going to show up. Okay. So, and she said, well, no, no, he's not late yet. And anyway, da, 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 da. And I said, well, just pick up the phone. If you don't pick up the phone, I'm going to pick up the phone. <laughs> Like, let's just try this and see. And it was a total risk on my part. Like so many um, redesigned things, they happen out of like mistakes or things you try and you're like, oh my God, that worked better than the old way. And then you really hone it. And so this was one of those case in points because finally she kind of reluctantly picked up the phone and said, so, okay, so call him. And when he answers and, you know, here she is like waiting for the phone, waiting for him to pick up, I said, just tell him who you are and ask him if he's on his way. And so she did that. And then her face went from like, I can't believe you're making me do this 
to, oh, and so I knew she got something. And so, um, but essentially what she told me, she's like, he's here. He's in the building. He said that he's in this area where there's like a yellow stripe on the floor in the wall. I know where he's at. He's actually downstairs and da, 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 da across the way. So she was able to get the guy. The guy had basically, when she hung up, the guy basically said, I've been here for like 15 minutes. I can't find the specialty care clinic. Like I was about to leave because I can't, like, nobody seems I can't figure this out. So she was able to catch him and go out partway out of the clinic and meet him in the hallway and make the visit happen. And so um, that was part of the starting of, boy, could we figure out, could we keep people from no-showing or could we figure out why they're no-showing? And then that led to a whole further development of, Okay, well, what if someone confirmed or didn't confirm, but ideally if they confirmed, and then it's an hour later and they haven't shown up? Let's call them and find out why. So then we experimented with calling people and saying, hey, you confirmed yesterday. I was like pretty sure when we talked that you were coming in, and yet your appointment was like, you know, an hour or two ago and you didn't show up. What's the deal? What gives? And then that's where, like, that's where sometimes you get a ton of information or sometimes like all hell breaks loose because sometimes when you do that call and you ask the person, like, why didn't you come in? They'll say something like, uh, I called and canceled this appointment this morning or I left a voicemail with somebody. Totally, totally. Or I left a message about that. Or I called and I was on hold for six minutes and no one answered. And so whatever, I'm not coming in. I figured you'd figure it out. Yeah. So all these different things that then allowed it pointed to things like, I mean, pointed to all kinds of things. Is there a voicemail box that's not being checked? Do we have a problem with the phones? Is somebody not canceling people out of the system? And why would that be? So I love the go deep play because when you ask the question and you're genuinely interested, most people will give you awesome information. Is the go deep play similar to like the five whys and trying to understand a problem? I think it depends. I think it's sort of the go deep play is sort of like the five whys, except, um, they said five wise play would be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? Um, I never thought about that. Um, because really what we're asking is, hey, can you tell us why you didn't show up for this appointment? And then um, we don't usually dig to – what we don't want to do is we don't want to make it seem punitive. So not like if you don't show up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to be mindful of that um, for sure. Okay. So what are some – Pitfalls. So you talked about making sure it's not an interrogation. Have you seen this play play out and it not be effective? So <laughs> I have seen um, a couple of teams that I've coached have had interesting results. And sometimes the results are what you would expect. For example, I have heard people do the go deep play and kind of lead the answer. Okay. Um, so, which isn't helpful. Like, you know, did you have a transportation issue or did you, you know, did you, whatever the case may be. And it's like, well, that's not really an open-ended question per se. Okay. Um, so that's one thing to be careful of. The other thing is about making it, um, punitive or making someone feel badly about not showing up. Um, it's more just about finding out what you could have done different. What advice would you give a health center in as they're looking at the no show playbook and they're considering the go deep play? That the big thing with the go deep play is that you really want to 
ask it at the start when you start trying to reduce no-shows and try to figure out what the heck is keeping people away. I mean, if people say, I called and left a message or I waited on hold, if you get, you know, a couple, three people, I mean, everybody will say one thing one time. You're always looking for patterns. So when it comes up multiple times, that's what you, that's what I always latch on to. So say that you get multiple people who say, yeah, I tried to call the cancel, but I couldn't get through. Then the question becomes, or, you know, if people say, oh, I couldn't come in and you're thinking that you're having a phone issue, you could say, can I ask, did you happen to attempt to give us a call? And then people say, no, I didn't know where to call. Okay. If everybody says that, that's important or yes, but I was on hold for a really long time. Once you learn that information, then then don't keep doing the go deep play, like fix that problem and then go back and use it as another um, chance to deep dive into what the problem is. So, so you're saying that the go deep play is a great play to be played if I'm just a, at the beginning or, or maybe at a new cycle of addressing no shows and its intent is to give me data. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, just jot down everything everybody says in a non-punitive way. There, sometimes people don't want to do the go deep play because they're afraid people are going to ask to reschedule and the schedule is really full of patients and there's not really anywhere to put them. Um, and I get that that's a legitimate concern, but you can't get information just by ducking out and avoiding. This play doesn't really seem to be a, to be a, a servo bullet to fix no shows, um, but, it, but it's an assessment tool. It is. That's absolutely right. It the go deep play is all about discovery. Okay. And then if you don't do anything with what you discover, then it doesn't help you. Have you seen the go deep play work well with any other play? Um, so I, I run the go deep play and then what's another follow-up play to be played after we've learned some data? That's a really good question. I feel like the go deep play in a lot of ways is kind of a standalone um, to investigate. And then, you know, if somebody says something like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so called me yesterday and she was great, but then this happened, obviously you should pass along those positive props. Um, And if somebody, you know, points out a problem, then that's just something you should jot down as, as a concern. But I feel like the go deep play is really one you could do almost in a vacuum (laughs) and um, just to learn from it. And then of course you, you base whatever you follow up on based upon what you hear as patterns coming from them. If it's a transportation issue, then, okay, what do we need to do to get transportation figured out? If it's, you know, people just didn't give a rip to call in, then hmm, what's the relationship like with this patient and this provider? Has this patient seen this provider? Do they have, you know, so there's so many, it basically opens up a zillion different avenues that go deep play does. It just opens up all these different options for things you can investigate. And and you can track data on an Excel spreadsheet, tally sheets on a piece of paper, pens in a jar. You know, the idea is just to track the data and kind of have an idea of some kind of feedback system. Totally, totally. I mean, you can just take a sheet of paper and just start writing down what people say. And then when you get patterns of them, then start to do little tick marks. Okay, that's the fourth person that told me they called and left a message. Or that's the, you know, sixth person that said they had problems finding parking. Or, um, you know, it's not like it's not like people are going to tell you things and you're going to be like, oh, my God, I've never had that revelation before. It was usually like a sneaking suspicion that people have just confirmed. And you're like, geez, we got to do something about this. So we're we're applying the go deep play. It runs well. We get all this information. And now we're at this problem where we've got like seven problems that we have to work through as a health center. Um, 
how do I keep teams engaged, right? So sometimes information analysis paralysis and how do I work through that? Is there a play on the no-show playbook that can help me work through the paralysis of too much to do? Well, there's, I don't, I think you have to be careful about overanalyzing it. Once you see a few patterns, I mean, you could, I would be, I would become totally disengaged as a phone person. And I think I can say in my own life experience, I actually have become totally disengaged as a phone person when I had to track certain pieces of data that I filled out on a sheet of paper and that I left in the corner and that no one came by to get for like three or four days. It's like, well, what's the point in that? You know? So what I want to do is I want to use my head. I want people to let me use my judgment. So once I start seeing a pattern of things, then let me think about what I could do with that. Or let me share with you, you know, I think I'm going to stop calling people and doing the go deep play because I've heard for 28 times that someone tried to call and they hang up after two minutes. So I would rather get on the phone and start answering calls than continue to call people. So I think that that's where it really kind of begets this change is just by doing something with it rather than it's not collecting the data doesn't do squat for you if you don't do something with it. All right. Now, lots of plays in the playbook. Um, do you have a second favorite play? I do. I do. Um, probably my next favorite play is the carrot. What is the carrot play? The carrot play is it's based actually off of that book by um, Adrian Gostick, okay. um, A Carrot a Day. And it's he actually wrote, I think, a series of them. Um, but essentially, um, it's a, about recognizing and rewarding people for their accomplishments. and. I love the carrot play because I think all of us in our quest to do like the most awesome job we can are constantly pushing for fixing every problem that we come across or trying to figure out how to make it better instead of just stopping and taking a second and recognizing and rewarding when something is done well. Um, We don't like to think of ourselves as running around with a stick, but we really don't run around with a carrot. Okay. And, you know, the carrot and the stick go really well together, but you can't just be beating people up. For example, let's say you decide to do robust confirmation calls. Great. Everybody's working on confirmation calls. At first, you have to push through a week of people saying, I don't have time to do these calls. And you say, well, yeah, you do, because we just had all these no-shows. So there was time. So we're trying to solve this. So, um, you know, so you have to work through all the, like, mental inertia that gets you, you know, from this this halted position into action. And then you start doing, you start making these calls. And let's say somebody rocks it. They do an awesome job and they end up with really reducing their no-show rates because they're producing these calls. Reward them. Reward the heck out of them. Just anything, just, you know, anything, just a thoughtful note, a hooray, a way to go, public recognition, um, buy them coffee to bring them into, I mean, it doesn't have to be money. Give them a parking place to the team that does the best job reducing their no-shows. I don't care. I know the Coleman associates are notorious for making a dollar store run for gifts. So uh, um, (laughs) I I know that it doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily expensive, but uh, there was a health center that, you know, we worked with where the back scratcher from the dollar store was like the coveted prize. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Coleman Associates, we are notorious for going to the dollar store and getting stuff, not because we want to be cheap, but because we want to demonstrate that it actually doesn't take money. 
Okay. Um, or it takes very little money. It's just the idea of it has to it takes has to take thought. Right. Because I, if I remember correctly, with my experience with the Coleman Associates, is that they're not just a, oh yeah, here's your back scratcher, but uh, you know the prize is you've got our back or you've got everyone's back, so here's a back scratcher. So it's kind of totally. got a little bit more heart in it as opposed to just uh, here's your twenty dollar gift card to Starbucks, which by the way doesn't bother me either, but kind of is a little more meaningful. It's I think a back scratcher telling someone that you really appreciate that they always have their back, your back is way more thoughtful than, I mean, who cares about a cup of coffee really? I mean, that's nice, but like, that's not the point. It's not like you're saying, boy, look at this. We just gave you a $5 cup of coffee. Aren't you glad we came along? Um, That's not the point. The point is recognizing people for something that they gave or did that really made an impact. And that's what I think really in this world of personalization, that's what we all want is we want to be recognized for what it is that we contribute. And so recognizing that what, no matter what it is, is an awesome way to move the no shows along. So help me understand. Um, is there an example that you have? Um, weird. I remember this is Matt. Um, Mac Chin actually, he brought in bunches of carrots Literal bunches of carrots with the tops on them. And he gave one to like each person on the team in like this particular moment that we had to like capstone what was happening. And he gave each person their carrot and he said something very specific about what you've contributed to making this work is X, Y, and Z. And watching you do that and become that person has been really important and helpful for the team. And so it was really just a symbol in that case. No, I mean, I don't know what people did with a carrot. What would you do with a carrot if someone gives you a carrot at work? Um, but it was the idea of it that was public recognition. Yeah. So an important aspect of the carrot is timing. How how does timing have an impact on on the carrot play? So you can't, I mean, at a quarterly meeting or an annual staff meeting, to go around and give carrots is not nearly as effective as watching somebody do something and saying, oh my God, look around. What do I have? What can I give you? So it's it's all about hitting it at the right timing. You got two different plays here that we've talked about about today you have the go deep play which is an assessment tool and the carrot is kind of a way to recognize and inspire employees to move on um i kind of feel like you're not really giving me a magical secret here to no shows um why not did somebody else give you a magical secret because I don't know one. Well, I was hoping you were going to be able to give it to me. <laughs> no, actually, there is. There's no magic, um, and there's. It's no secret that there's no magic. Um, there's no silver bullet. It's. It just takes a lot of hard work and diligence. Now, I will say that if you really start to hone your no shows, the only real silver lining is if people, meaning patience, if patients start to know that you care, there's a whole subset of people that will start showing up more. And we have found in a number of practices that when they're really diligent about calling people beforehand and then calling them in the moment and saying, hey, you know, doing like a a jockeying type of phone call saying, hey, are you coming in, et cetera. What happens is after a while, people are like, oh, they're going to notice if I don't show up. And I have noted that how some health centers have been able to decrease their confirmation calls after a good six, nine months, once people have gotten a couple of visits under their belt and, you know, especially your chronic patients, et cetera, knowing that they're going to, there's going to be some follow-up. 
that can be a little bit of magic, but there really is no magic to producing no shows. It just, it just takes a lot of hard work, but if you do the math, it pays off. This concludes this installment of the Coleman innovation podcast. I'd like to make a shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his assistance in making this podcast happen and sound great. And to Melissa Stratman for believing in innovative means to changing healthcare. As a reminder, the No Show Playbook is available online at ColemanAssociates.com under the tool section. Are you frustrated with No Shows and the impact it has on healthcare? Start running a few plays a day or reach out to us. Don't forget to subscribe. And if there's anything that you're interested in or would love to learn more, reach out to us and let us know.